I want to. I want to go ahead. You good? I did the same thing this morning. Did your headphones flip up and hit you in the face like they did me, or were you? We were able to avert them? said disaster, but oh, yeah. only just. Have you had that happen before? Oh, it's the worst. It just smacks you in the face, and it's like for a moment you're like, "Did I just get concussed?" Especially at like eight a.m. or nine a.m. So can I can I get all of my? Here's what I'm triggered about. Let's get angry radio out of the way early so it can be a happy show. Sure. All right. Because then we'll revisit. Yeah, we'll revisit. There's, I, I'm triggered by two things. Uh, late in the show yesterday, I went back through and I was trying to find some of the you know, best text for the show. And just to make sure we could wrap with a nice little flurry of activity. And I, I quickly realized, Josh, that I had failed to look at the FPI. So I tabled it. At, and, I, and, I, and I saw it. I was like, oh. But as I was driving home, you know, Tuesdays have kind of become my day off. Right after I'm done here, it's get a couple honeydews done. Maybe if there's walk, you know, walk the dogs. Get, get all those those check marks done for the week because it's a grind heading into game day. So I kind of forgot about it, kind of let it slide to the back of my mind. And then as I was driving in this morning, I was like, ESPN spends so much time telling you how great the FPI is and using it in everything that they project in college football. I think I'm mad again about this. And then I reopened it this morning and saw that Texas was seven. Now I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to just because I'm going to prove to you how people will tell you you're stupid when you tell them that this makes no sense. Tell me how a team that just got beat by a team can still be ranked ahead of them, and a team that's when it's been in the top twenty-five, Josh is sniffing the lower levels of the top twenty-five, and isn't ranked nor in contention to win its conference championship. But somehow they're seventh in your ranking. Well, this is not a ranking. This is a predictive model. See, <laughs> even if it's a predictive, yeah, that's, that'll be the. Well, it's not really a ranking. Okay. Well, if your predictive model has a team that you only have projected to win, what do they have left? Two games. Or if your games? predictive model has this Oklahoma defense twenty fifth nationally, they're, they're number, Oklahoma's number twenty five. I mean, so I, I kind of got that out with TJ and. Toby I was I kept waiting for Toby to be the I, I can see it guy just to kind of try to trigger TJ and I but you know what Josh I'm gonna be honest with you that's not really that's not really why I'm mad this morning that's not the no that's not why I'm chief concern and it's not because of highway nine the lights were pretty well synced your boy was running behind but we made it <laughs> um, nice it's uh, the door wasn't locked whenever I got here, like it is. Which again, safety wise, security wise, it needs to be. But so I yes, wasn't triggered does. by that. But here's here's where I got triggered, and I want to make this very. I want to sit down and make this point so I don't get too angry. I have no problem with doing it after one of the basketball games. I really don't, and I think it's kind of cool that you ended up having as good of a game as Michigan State Kentucky was, and then to have the finish that you had. I thought that was great. You, and, and what a brilliant way for ESPN to use its properties to almost force you to pay attention to what's going on in college basketball. And as we projected on this show yesterday, Josh, your timeline will be flooded with people that are losing their minds because they're having to watch 10 minutes of college basketball at this point in the season. But here's 
here's where I did get triggered. They play all this dramatic music, almost like a game show, whenever they're counting it down. And then they get to what was it, eight, and then they stop. Or was it what was it six? I think it was eight, actually. And they stop. And they kind of, you know, go around the horn over what they've seen. And then what do they do next? They show you the top four. Or they, they show eight and seven. Then they show the top four, then five and six. Here's what triggered me. Here's what got me mad. When they got to the top four and then even five, they're like, eh, just about pretty much how everyone expected it to go and really not too much drama here. And I'm like, what have you doing? What have you been doing for the last two hours? If there's not much drama to it and it's not worth getting overly, oh, what could happen here? Just tell us. Y'all, not everything has to be a production. Not everything has to be content. I mean, I, I mean, you could come on and basically do that in five minutes. Five minutes. Tops. Hey, we've got a commercial break in overtime. A lot of people waiting tonight, getting late on the East Coast. Here's what our college football projection looks like in the top five. No, no surprises here. Georgia, um, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. No surprise there. Number five is Tennessee. When we uh, at halftime, coming up at halftime, we'll get you six through twenty-five. All right, thanks a lot, Kirk. Two minutes left in overtime. You know, just what do we? Why, why do we build this drama? And then you get there, and it's like, oh well, it's pretty much what everyone thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, thank you. Why? why? Ah, ratings. I guess. I mean, again, there's a part that's like, hey, it's brilliant that you're doing this during college basketball. But when things are dragging on a little bit, at least give us a taste, right? It, because I get it. There are a lot of people that couldn't care less about college basketball and won't even when the season starts. It's fine. Fine. But you build all that up. You, you, you talk, ah, coming up, college football playoff rankings. And as it drags on and on, once you finally get to the top five, it's, well, really no surprise here. And honestly, Josh... In the top 10, was there any surprises at all? I mean, I would go even further and say, I would. I don't think there was a surprise. I don't know if anyone that's outraged about anything in these rankings outside of the possibility that maybe TCU could have been slotted ahead of Michigan and maybe USC belonged ahead of LSU. That's it. You know, Oregon still being ranked ahead of North Carolina is something. Utah being ranked ahead three spots ahead of North Carolina is something. I'm sure there's some Clemson fans that are upset that they're nine. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's – but you also, again, your your loss is still a pretty damning loss, right? And, again, North Carolina – Notre Dame's doing better, but I also think, Josh, that was a magnification that it's going to take some chaos to get that ACC team in. It's going to take some chaos. It's going to take a TCU loss. Uh, it might take it might take um, two losses from Ohio State. It's going to take some chaos. And I kind of felt that way to begin with. But, yeah, maybe Clemson. But, oh, it's like just – I'm not sitting here hating that college basketball is on. It was an enjoyable game. I guess my point is don't – well, who's going to be – one through four, we'll find out coming up here after the game. And then you get to the top four, you're like, ah, pretty much, you know, that's, this is how everyone had. No surprise here whatsoever. It's, 
Yeah, it's we... the first time this late in the season the top four has been undefeated. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's never happened. So it just it wasn't made for drama this, this year. I won't lie to you. Once they once they said, well, no surprise. I literally I, I had to. I'm like, then what are we doing for the last third? What are we doing f- since college football's weekend wrapped up on Saturday? What are we doing? Are you upset that Notre Dame didn't launch up the rankings? I, I was. Why? Well, no, no, I'm not upset. I'm shocked by it. Pleasantly surprised, might I add, by the fact that they didn't shoot up the rankings. I, I guess – wait, hold on. Okay. I didn't have the updated rankings. Oh, my God. I had Week 11's rankings up on my computer, <laughs> and it had Texas moving up six spots. Oh, they really screwed up this week. Yeah, I, I was – you know what, to be honest with you, I was pleasantly surprised they didn't. You know, I thought – I thought with, with the way that they've been playing and knowing that USC is ahead of them, I thought you would see a borderline meteoric rise. I thought they might jump up six spots. But they didn't, and I was happy for that. They only moved up a couple. Yeah, no. I was really excited to see Washington get the bump that they did. But I was a little bit surprised that UCLA only dropped four spots. I was a little bit surprised. Pleasantly surprised that Notre Dame didn't get the rocket ship that I thought they would up their backside. Equally as shocked that UCLA's drop wasn't more, what's the word I'm looking for here, Josh? Drastic. Thank you. Than it was. Because... In all honesty, I, I think of all of the top 15 teams right now, well, I guess they're 16, of, of the top 16 teams, their loss is the most egregious loss in the top 16. It's the most unforgivable loss in the top 16. Tennessee, they lost to Georgia. LSU, who they have, Tennessee and um, someone early in the season. I don't know why it's blank. I don't Oh, Florida State. And now Florida State is up in the top 20. Um, USC is Utah. Utah is sitting at number 10. I mean, we, we could do this all day. But UCLA, one of its two losses is to a team that's under 500 right now. So that's just me. That's how I kind of felt watching it last night. I was pleasantly surprised to see Notre Dame not move up more. I still think it's there for them. Um, I was surprised that UCLA didn't drop more. It's a two-loss team than it did, especially after it's lost to Arizona. But here we are. Here we are, Josh. Oregon took the tumble you were expecting. That, that was one thing. I will say, I did get that right. I thought, I thought Oregon was going to absolutely bottom out, and they did. They absolutely did, and they should have. But they're still alive for the Pac-12 championship game. That's what's crazy in all of this. And Oregon still, I don't know. Yeah, they control their own destiny to make the college football playoff game. All right, one other follow-up from yesterday. When you saw the way that this played out and LSU moved up to number six and USC didn't jump them, did it, in your opinion, either – Further magnify your belief that USC doth not control its own destiny, or did it make you think maybe they do more than 
we realize. I kind of think I lent more towards your side on this one yesterday when they didn't jump LSU. No doubt. I mean, it's a clear indication that, like we sort of thought, if LSU wins out and wins the SEC, they're, they're going. They're in. They're in, period. That's a control-your-own-destiny team, LSU. Georgia. Absolutely, right? No doubt. Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU, absolutely. Yep. I think think that's it. Those are the only ones. I don't know. I I want to, not for any reasons about the coaching staff, but just because of what's ahead of them. But I, I do think now, the more I look at it, if you've got LSU ahead of you, I don't know if you do. Even after, by the way, a 13-10 to 10 win over Arkansas. That was wildly unimpressive. Wildly unimpressive. All right. Well, I feel better now. I thought, you know what? Again, this is another week where we come in here talking about the college football playoff rankings, and I don't know if we're too triggered by anything. I don't. You know, we can get mad at the presentation. Non-college basketball fans can get mad that they were dragged through watching uh, the glad. overtime game. I'm glad. <laughs> I like I like seeing everybody a little upset. Mm. But I just – Good lesson in patience. I don't have that big of a problem with anything that happened in the playoff rankings last night. We'll hear from Boo Carrington a little bit later on in the show. I, I went and sat in last night on his press conference when things were done just because I had to experience that live for myself, and it was it was fascinating. It really seemed as if it really seemed as if Josh the because Boo Carrington does a teleconference after he does his ESPN thing. And it honestly seemed as if the question centered a lot around Michigan. And and then maybe in that how close those teams at 2 and 3 were to one. There wasn't a lot of outrage about anything else. I felt like last week there might have been some questions about where Texas had had shot up and some different things lower in the rankings and some of the American Athletic Conference schools. But this week it was pretty centered on, all right, how close is Michigan and Ohio State to Georgia? And kind of trying to set the, the groundwork for whomever loses between those two teams still finds himself alive for the playoffs? That's an interesting question. With Ohio State and Michigan, one of those two, if they go undefeated as a Big Ten champion, I don't think that there's not a scenario, is there, where they overtake undefeated Georgia as an SEC champion for that number one? I don't think so, especially if Georgia keeps rolling. I mean, unless Ohio State just absolutely smacks Michigan. Um. You know, it was the first question out of the gate. You want to you wanna hear it here real quick? Sure. Oh, Let's do this. Take a Let's break. Let's take and- a break, and then I'll play it for you. You're welcome, TJ. Look at you. We're staying on the clock. I'm not going to get in trouble yet. Until I bring up that OU won in hoops last night, and the women's team is off to a fantastic start. Quick break. We'll get to that and much more on a busy Wednesday edition of The Plank Show. Your, your coffee is waiting for you, Josh. I was going to try to rush and get it, then I realized I had beat you to the Keurig this morning after segment one, so I you apologize. Did. I, uh, I don't know, I was feeling spry. Got out of the studio quick, light on the feet, you know? You Boom. were okay. swift. I'm, I'm up to two water bottles. I'm already going to be in trouble with Luann. We're supposed to only use one and refill it, but yeah. <laughs> I'm being anti-environment. 
this morning. I apologize. Welcome back into the Plank Show. Hour one is brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. Get your fencing needs taken care of through the premier company in Oklahoma, Van Hoos Fence, 405-735-1167. All right, you want to hear what Boo, I keep wanting to call him Boo Weekly, Boo Carrington had to say about Ohio State and Michigan last night? Yeah, play play some Boo Weekly. Here's, here's some Boo Weekly, PGA golfer. Is Boo Weekly still on the tour or no? Jim Rome used to have Boo Weekly on all the time, and he talked about how one time he tried to fight a like an orangutan. Like, and it punched him in the face. But anyway, I digress. That's pretty fascinating. Boo Carrington. <laughs> Boo Carrington on Ohio State and Michigan just in general. And this was from the teleconference post the announcement of the college football playoff rankings. Again, um, first of all, thank you for be, being a part of this. Um, two well-balanced teams, both in the top ten, uh, offensively and defensively. Um, you know, Ohio State does have the win um, over Nerdane, which I believe at this point, um, as a committee, as, as we talk about it, that stands out uh, a little bit to us as we're going through this. Um, but again, two really good teams that, that play really hard. Uh, both had good wins this past week uh, over Indiana and Nebraska, and you know. You know, what, there's a reason one's two and one's three and um, how close they are. Okay. So that's just on Ohio State and Michigan. How close is one of those teams to Georgia? We might, I tried to edit this. I think I did a terrible job, but here we go. I think there's been separate – the committee believes there's been separation uh, with Georgia, but there's still more games to play as we kind of go through the balance of the season. Maybe one of the best answers you could give. We feel like there's separation, but there's been there's been balance, and there's games left to be played. Um. So, uh, real quick, just before we get off of this, let's talk about the most important games of the playoff rankings this weekend. And did you notice, for the smarmy person on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, who did he mention about something that caught their eye for Ohio State? What's something that's helped separate them right now? They went over Notre Dame. Which, like, now you look at that and we're kind of like, huh, that's not too shabby. But and some of these games aren't necessarily, you know, the obvious ones, right? TCU at Baylor is huge this weekend, massive. Uh, I think Kansas State at West Virginia is big. Kansas State cannot afford, nor can TCU have Kansas State start tumbling in road games. Notre Dame-Boston College is massive because if Notre Dame starts to falter down the stretch, that takes away some quality victories from Ohio State or takes away quality victory component, as you just heard. And, again, I know it's not going to be one of those Headline games that everybody is is necessarily going to be talking about. But as far as it's under the radar, pretty big games for the college football playoff rankings. Let's see if South Carolina is able to keep it tight with Tennessee. Because I Tennessee didn't necessarily play great for about two and a half quarters this past weekend and then just pulled away from Missouri because Missouri's terrible. I know it's I know it's not the big game in the SEC, but and I get it. Someone will say, well, they're not supposed to take that into consideration. Josh, I don't think Tennessee can afford to play a close game. No. No, I, I'm 
Totally with you. If they slip by South Carolina, it'll be bad news for Tennessee. I, is is there a scenario where they can go eleven and one and sort of slop their way to a victory over South Carolina? I mean, I, I without help, I, I guess, but it would behoove them to versus South Carolina and obviously versus Vanderbilt. Just roll away from these teams. I, I'll tell you what. If let's say Tennessee, who has if you believe in the percentages that ESPN throws at you. Tennessee has a 60% chance to make the college football playoffs. 60. If there is a situation where LSU falters, they get beat by by Georgia, and then the Ohio State-Michigan game isn't this incredible game and one team seems pretty, pretty clear, Josh Heupel's team's getting in the playoffs. I mean, it's just Tennessee's getting in. I don't think there's going to be a debate. I'm firmly now in that category that I don't care what USC does. I think they'll get in. And you need to get that out of your way if you're going to be a team that controls its own destiny. I just – Tennessee has to win big. And if they win big, they're like, hey, look at this team. They're doing what they're supposed to. Basically make it look like the Missouri game. That's right, because no one watched that game and saw they struggled in the first half. Everyone's just like, whoa, 66 to 24? Best team ever. All right, we got a lot of really good air comfort solutions text rolling in. I haven't really done a good job of laying out the show. I came in hot because I waited until this morning to truly dive into the FPI rankings. I was angry about the college football, the college football playoff show. It's like, well, you know, we got this, who's going to be in the top? And then they get to it. It's like, oh, as everyone expected. It's like, what are you waiting around here all night for? What are we doing? Who are you, Geraldo and Al Capone's vault? Nobody gets that anymore. But I got all my anger out of the way, and I didn't really lay out this show as well as I should. So here we go. It's a kind of traditional Wednesday on the program. Bottom of the hour is where we rifle through all of your Air Comfort Solutions texts at 11 a.m., 10 a.m. this morning, Britton Venables and the press conference from yesterday. I mean, we're 30 minutes in, and we haven't even really hit with the playoff rankings, kind of what caught our ear from yesterday's BV presser. So we'll bring you the highlights of Brent Venables' presser and the, the player avails from last night. So we've got a lot of OU football coming up at 11 a.m. And then top five stories today. Did I say 11 a.m. again? 10 a.m., a lot of OU football talk. And then at 11 a.m. this morning, OU basketball, the men's team rolls North Carolina. Wilmington, the women beat BYU on the road. They've got a big one coming up against Utah. we got a lot of Cruton news to get to as well. It's a busy Wednesday morning on the Plank Show. When we come back, Air Comfort Solutions text line right here on The Ref. I have a plan for the show. I have a plan for the show tomorrow. I'm going to work on it today. And I need your help. I want to do a high school football preview segment. Like get get your boy North on. Maybe see if Coach Blankenship or Coach Montgomery would want to come on. What do you think? You think it's worth it or nah? I'm all about it. I mean, you do know that there is there is one thing that definitely have to uh have to be done here if we do this, right? We would have to get some of the Warriors coaches, maybe players on. Let's see about getting Nate Roberts on. 
What am I talking about? Cole Scott. Let's go. But no, I, I really, I was listening to, I think it was Tyler. Maybe it was Tyler yesterday. And they started talking about the high school playoffs. And it kind of kind of got me a little bit. I was like, gosh, man. Got the heartstrings a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, that was, dude, that was where everything started for me. was covering high school football and, you know, Bill Blankenship versus Alan Trimble. And that incredible, I mean, think about that staff that Alan Trimble had at Jinx. Think about that staff that Bill Blankenship had at Union. I mean, Ted Gross, who's been in Hall and Hall forever, was on Alan's staff. Darren Melton, who built something incredible up at Tulsa. Um, Steve Hildebrand, who's the athletic director at Holland Hall. Help me out, Hildebrand. Who am I missing out? But I was, was supposed to ask you about a 2006 high school game you did. Oh, my gosh. Really? <laughs> yeah. Who was it? G- well, we went down – well, I did for the Westmore Owasso game last right. week and ran into Jimmy in Tulsa, who – Oh, yes. Like Jimmy. Friend of the show. Right. But he or – I don't know. Somebody he was with was like, yeah, Plank came down here in 2006 and was doing this or that. It's like, ask him if he remembers. Now, I I don't remember what they came. They asked me to ask you about. Dude, I freaking, I don't even remember what I did yesterday. How, how can I, how am I possibly going to be in a situation where I can remember what I did in 2006? Now, I, it, it was an Owasso game? Is that what it was? Or was it a? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Okay, hold on. Because there was... There was a game in the mid-2000s, if I guess I can say that, where I was the sideline guy, and Aaron Colvin was still at Owasso, and they got a bunch of rain in the pregame, Josh, and it floated their turf. Oh, my gosh. So, in other words, it had somehow it got underneath it, and it had – you know, we're going back 16 years now, so, I mean, they've obviously fixed it. I think they've got a brand-new field. It's an incredible facility – but I remember standing there, it's like, are we playing tonight? And I was at that point at six, in 2006 where I was like, I'm okay with going home and sitting on the couch if this thing ain't happening. <laughs> but, yeah, 2006. I guess Fred was the head coach then. So, no, no, it, it couldn't have been 06. Have been 06. I, I bet you were. Had to be before then. It I, had I, to bet, be before. I bet you would have been thrilled to head on back home and flip on the TV. Let me go home. I I just want to go home. I'm not here to work. Randy Randy checked in and said, yes, more warrior talk. Yeah, I'll see if – you know, honestly, this is my third year with my girls in the the Washington – the Washington School District, and I've never met Coach Beller. I feel like I've met a lot of his staff, and obviously my kids have his – a lot of the coaches as teachers, but I've never met – Brad Beller. Put that on my to-do list, Josh Helmer. But no, let's do it tomorrow. What do you say? Let's get a few coaches on, see what we can have happen, make it work. You feel confident in it, or should we push it back? Is tomorrow Thursday? Tomorrow's Thursday. Yeah, no one's going to do it on Friday. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> have to have to get after it. Uh, all right, you want to um, hit some of these air comfort solutions texts? Let's roll through. All right, 405 651 Three four three nine. This is from the nine one eight. Okay, so things go as expected. Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and they pick Tennessee over Michigan, Clemson, and USC. So we get to see Tennessee versus Georgia again. What's the point? Pick a champion. I get it. The SEC is difficult, but if they can give up their one hundred plus million dollars a year and go to a different conference, if they don't like it, 
Hold on, did I say that right? They, I don't think they typed it right. They can give up that one hundred plus million and oh, go to a different conference. If if they don't like the fact that two teams aren't getting in because you're not the conference champion, then just go on and bolt. <laughs> um, here's my here's my question that I have in that. Should should this is that great debate? Should a non-conference champion with one loss get the nod over a one-loss conference champion from a Power 5 conference? Are we doing this right if in that in that situation that you laid out, Georgia gets the nod over the Pac-12 or ACC champion, and the only reason the Big 12 champion is in there is because they ran the table? I mean, are we doing this right? Or if Tennessee gets the nod with Georgia as the champion – well, and that's what I'm saying. Oh, I, like, I thought you were saying if if you, you said Georgia, but did I say? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. If Tennessee gets the nod, and so I thought you were. I'm sorry. I apologize. Scenario. I apologize. If Tennessee gets the nod over a one-loss Power Five conference champion, again, I have slept since the show yesterday. But are we doing this right? If that's the case, if a one-loss non-conference champion gets that nod over a one-loss conference champion. That's that's one of those great debates that is never ending. Maybe this. it's simply because Oklahoma's not in the mix for this thing, but I don't have a big problem with it. Right. And, Me neither. And five years ago, I think I was more on the side of, you know, and, and I still think conference championships have to matter. That That is definitely a valued, quote-unquote, 13th data point, or, you know, if your two teams are really even and one's got a conference championship – Probably you gotta you gotta weight that in favor of the team with the conference championship, right? But right. I just it's gonna be hard for anybody to easily convince you. Okay, yeah, these teams with conference championships, you know, Clemson or you know USC, are they better than Tennessee? Do you really think they're I don't better? Think so. No, I don't. I don't. But I mean, when we get to twelve, this doesn't matter, right? I mean, when we get to twelve. The, the, the debate then becomes, okay, who gets the first round by? And do you include non-conference champions in your first round by? That, that can be the great debate then. But for this instance, I still live by the philosophy you're trying to get the four best teams. And just because you win a, a meh conference doesn't necessarily mean you're one of the four best teams. Um, oh, good, we got time for a few more. Whoever this is from the 918, please put your name in the next text. Because I knew I didn't live a dream whenever this happened. And I knew that Kirk Frederick wasn't the head coach in 06. This dude writes, Ron Smith was the head coach at Owasso when the turf floated. We brought a bunch of little kids out of the stands to help walk it back down. (laughs) It was awesome. I might have act. was I on play-by-play for that one? Because that sounds like the kind of story that your boy would have been all over. All over. But, yeah, that's, that's wild. That's awesome. You guys had a sideline reporter? Uh, but it wasn't radio. It was TV. I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing radio. I was doing TV. Gotcha. I would do, uh, in, in 06, I did Cox Cable. I think it was Cox Cable. And then we got fired from Cox Cable because congratulations thank you it's the it's one of the few times that i've been canned in my life to where i think it's just the dumbest decision ever um they had sold a satellite spot and they like forced don king and i to do it it's like you guys are going to do that satellite spot like 
I don't think we're going to do that satellite spot, man. It was like one of the first times when I kind of stood up and like, no, we, we need it. You're going to do the satellite spot. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to lose a job, so you better make sure this is consistent. And literally, we got fired, and then the GM came to me. He's like, I can't believe you guys did that satellite spot. It's the most confused I've ever been in my career. I was like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean you can't believe you, you made us do it? But, yeah, I mean, I love – A I, satellite spot. Yeah, they used to be a, hey, so-and-so here for Dish Network or so-and-so here for DirecTV. And because they were in competition with Cox oh, Cable, yeah, 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 they yeah, got yeah. real butthurt about it and, and fired us. Made a very big scene about it. Yeah, well, that's a massive conflict of interest. Right. Yeah, you, you wouldn't right. want to be doing that. Had Bill Hastings write a very mean article. You did? Us. I didn't. I mean, oh, did I, he, I was wrote, just mad I lost the money. Yeah, he wrote the article. Not me. I mean, they, oh, well, there man. used to be a media column back in the day in the Tulsa world. And he trashed you guys? Oh, I don't think he trashed us. I just think it was like, well, why would they make you do that? And I couldn't throw anyone under the bus because I, I needed the money. But, yeah. That sucked. That sucked. But, no, 06 was wild. That was a good time. I would do a Thursday night game in either Oklahoma City or Tulsa and then a Friday night game in Oklahoma City or Tulsa. Cannot believe that was 16 years ago. Anyway. Bill, Bill's too wise to have trashed you. That's right. Um, Gunny of Stutzman Army. A conference championship should hold a little weight. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I just – what does your conference look like? Right, what, what's, what's the strengths and weaknesses? Like, for instance, we had to fight this with Oklahoma for so many years because it would be, oh, the Big 12 is Oklahoma and nobody else. Well, this year, they're not having to fight that with TCU because the Big 12 has been a really good conference so far this season. So that's at least a one year. And I say that, and you still have people that are writing articles about, well, it's not what – so-and-so is going through. They're trying to say the Big 12 is weaker than the Pac-12 this year. I disagree. But, yeah. Um, Brian writes, I think playoff talk gets more heated than political talk. Yeah, I don't know about that, but it know, is. Dude. it can be contentious. What, you should have seen my timeline last night after Trump announced. The FBI is the reason <laughs> God himself invented uh, the Tourette syndrome because every time you open it, you burst out in some kind of random curse word or phrase. I'm very confused by it. Uh, from the 918, what's crazier is that 14th-ranked TCU beat 6th-ranked Texas, and they dropped two spots in the FPI. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> explain that. And then he also said, this is exactly why the playoffs are expanding. I think 8 would have been better than 12, but more football is never a bad thing for the fans. I certainly agree with you. A bazillion percent. Because... But I'll disagree on one front. I like 12. 12 is good for me. Eight, I understand the simplistic nature of it and the symmetry of it. But, yeah. I would add one more. I don't think quarterfinal games should be bowl games. I don't. I think think we should keep this thing on campus for the first round and the second round. I really do. With 12 teams? Yeah. Keep it on campus for the first two rounds, then add your bowl games in for the semifinals and the finals. Keep keep the four-team playoff rotation like it is now. Well, what does that mean for some of the bowls? Bye. I mean, I, I hate to say that. There's a lot of jobs that are tied into that, but you know, a majority of these bowls are owned by ESPN. So they're not it's it's programming for them. And if they want to get mad, you're probably saving them money. If you're like, hey, we don't want that bowl to be in this. Now, the, the Liberty Bowls and the Fiesta Bowls and things of that nature, 
you know, those aren't TV owned. Those are more, those are more of an entity that you can work around, but I don't know. We take you live to the Fiesta Bowl in Norman, Oklahoma. 918 Rod. Georgia should have lost to Missouri. I think TCU would beat Tennessee and Georgia. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. I think they'd give them a better game, but I don't I don't think it's a situation where I could definitively say TCU would beat Georgia or or excuse me, uh TCU would beat Tennessee or Georgia. One more quick one here. From the 405. And there's a lot of good ones that came in before this, so we'll hit them coming up in an hour from now. Do you think that if there was a 12-team playoff this year, that would have affected the way OU football team played? No. I think I think they would have played just as hard if it was four as if it was 12. But I appreciate trying to find an angle in that. <laughs> I got to say, I appreciate the hustle. We got a lot of bedlam to get to on the show. A lot of bedlam. But when we come back, let's put a wrap on our number one with uh, a quick kind of maybe under-the-radar note from the playoff rankings last night right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh on Plank. Uh, Putting a wrap on our one. I mentioned one of the stories that was kind of under the radar from the 14 playoff last night was – you know, there's, there is still something to be said. Now, not for, I want to make this very clear, not for a four-team playoff berth, but that mid-major, if we're even still going to use that term, that group of five battle, Cincinnati re-entered the top 25 last night. Tulane and UCF are 20 and 21 overall. So I don't, you know, I was trying to look at, I've been looking at bowl projections, right? Because I'm a crazy person and, you know, it's, it's interesting because I look at them, not necessarily to find out where Oklahoma is going to go, but maybe where people that I don't want to say are necessarily much smarter than me, but this is where they live, right? They live in this world where they're projecting bowl games nonstop and, you know, as it stands right now, they still have UCF making one of those group of five bowls, or New Year's Day six bowls, excuse me. And you got to be the highest rated mid-major team, and that's a heck of a battle right now and a big payday. Even though they're going to the Big 12, it's a big payday for a UCF and the American Athletic Conference going forward. But right now they got UCF sliding into the Cotton Bowl. I don't know if UCF is any good. Every time I've picked them in the ref for all rumble, they've bit me in the backside, which is how I gauge the success of teams. But how about this? After last night's college football playoff rankings, USA Today updated their college football playoff bowl projections. Okay. They've got Clemson getting in. They've got the, the semifinals this year, the Peach and the Fiesta Bowl. And they've got Georgia and Clemson in the Peach Bowl and Ohio State TCU in the Fiesta Bowl, which I'm not going to lie, kind of surprised me a little bit. But Eric Smith has done this every week. I'm not looking at bowl projections every week, so I'm assuming that he's a little bit more tied in than I am. But that did catch me by surprise. Is that just a case of I'm trying to be a little bit different? 
than everybody else? Maybe so. And here's that great fight we have as sports fans anymore, right? This is where are you going to get really good, solid information, and where are you going where someone's just needing to click and trying to trigger you? Where are you going where you can get someone who has studied and and has a, a pretty good feel and handle on this? Where are you going and the dude's just there for nothing but I'm going to do something outlandish so they can click on it? Don't know. But I would say, from his perspective, Eric's perspective, he's been kind of consistent on this, right? I, you know, there's a lot of things that I guess you assume that play out there. Maybe Ohio State smokes Michigan. And maybe in the end, it's just hard because that Clemson loss or that Clemson win looks better and say Notre Dame beats USC. The best thing that could happen to Clemson is Notre Dame to win out, which could happen, right? They played like dog against Navy in the second half. They didn't finish them. But if they went out, then suddenly Clemson, you're like, all right. You, I mean, you heard it. People making fun of me in the in the early tweets, uh, text of the show. You heard it yesterday or earlier when Boo Carrington was talking about Ohio State. What did he mention? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. It's going to matter. Uh, real quick, they had Penn State UCF in the Cotton Bowl, Michigan, Oregon in the Rose Bowl, Kansas State, Tennessee in the Sugar Bowl, and North Carolina, Alabama in the Orange Bowl. Their projection for Oklahoma was a showdown with Shane Beamer in South Carolina in the Liberty Bowl. How about that? All right, when we come back, we'll hear from Brent Venables after his weekly press or next.